Good morning, church. Hi, good to see everyone. Um, if you do not know, my favorite salad is French fries. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I've got the um, privilege of um, sharing a message with you today, but um, I'd just like to start with a prayer and um, let's go. Um, Father, we just thank you for your presence this morning, O oh Lord. And Holy Spirit, you are the best teacher because you expound the truth in such a way that it enters the heart, the mind, and soul of every one of us, Lord. And for that, Lord, we give you glory. And today, this morning, I'm just a messenger. So anoint the words that come out, that everyone be blessed, that you, Lord, take us a bit deeper, take our hearts to be as, um, that we aspire a bit higher, and take our journey with you a bit further, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the last two weeks, um, thanks to Andy, where uh, he has shared about the presence of God and how do we enter into the presence. Uh, we share about uh, how do we know him intimately, which is the word yada. Um, like Adam knew Eve, it's the same word as yada, because there's an intimacy involved. Just like how we know God intimately, we really get to know his character. So today, um, I'm given the privilege to um, conclude the trilogy. Um, and I'm going to talk about uh, a gift from God, which is prayer, and how we can connect to Him intimately through prayer. Okay. Now, um, prayer is as ancient as the history of mankind. From the beginning, men pray to God, right? Whether you are, you know, you, 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 I came from a Buddhist Taoism background, and I have friends and with other faith and religion, but we all pray to something. We pray to God. In our, in our own understanding. Because deep inside our soul, we were made to depend on someone, someone greater than you and I. We, we know that someone holds the balance of power. Uh, there are so many variables, so many circumstances in life to make this life work. And, and we know that it's beyond our control. And hence, we cast our dependency on some, on a divine being that is more powerful than us. And in this context is our God because we know that he holds the answer to everything. It might not be the answer that you expect, but it's something that he has predestined for each of us. There's a will that he has given in each of us. And, and, and that's why this went through prayer. We enter into the presence. We know his character. We know his percept. We know his will. And then our life takes on such a meaningful journey. Amen? Yeah. So, um... We are going to talk about prayer. Does anyone know who that lady is at the back of the picture? Hannah? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It is Hannah. It is Hannah at the temple. Um, next slide, Freddie. So um, the Oxford Dictionary defines prayer as a solemn request for help addressed to God or another, another deity, which is true because at the end of the day, we are made to depend on Him. So we communicate to Him and say, we're going to need God. Um, can you please help to make this meet? And we see in the Bible in the next slide, um, there's different kind of prayers that we can offer. It's a bit small, I'll read to you. There's prayer for provision, like in Matthew, Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Um, there's provision for strength. Sometimes when we are, we are faced with a lot of confusion, um, a, a, a lot of things that comes to our mind, we become discouraged, like King David, he's a warrior king. You know, when he goes to battle, he might not make it. Um, you know, if you're in a UFC ring, when, you are, when, people, when the referees see that you're okay, I think you can't take it anymore, you'll call the shot. 
let's finish the match. But in a battle, no, the enemy will chop you down. So he faced that for years. And he said, God, on the day I call, you answered me. You make me bold with strength in my soul. You pray for courage. And you might face a difficult situation where breakthrough doesn't come, just in the case of uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias, um, where, where Elizabeth was barren. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. That, that's a miracle. We can pray for deliverance. Where um, Moses, where God was um, saying to Moses, I've indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I'll send you to Egypt. There's also um, this powerful, this, this is such a gift of repentance and sanctification. When we, we know that our hearts are not right with God. And like King David, where he's seen, where, um, where he, he basically um, commit adultery, and then went on to commit, uh, orchestrate the murder as well. And, and he was saying, Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Such is the gift of prayer. We can make so many different petitions to God. We, there's also prayer for direction, wisdom, peace, etc. And it's good to make all this prayer. And, and God delights, as a father, I'll delight in meeting all the needs that Anna brings to me. And, and that's the Father's heart. He, he makes us dependent on Him. And we want to depend on Him as well. Yes, yeah? And, um, but what is prayer? What is prayer? Is prayer mainly about making petitions to God? Is that all? Is that about bringing our needs? That's fine, but is that all? Maybe I'll share a bit about my experience with prayer. So like I say, I was brought up um, in Singapore. So I was born to a family where, um, as a typical Chinese family, um, the main religion is Taoism or Buddhism, so I'm one of them as well. Um, I don't know what's that. <laughs> that that's okay, I'll continue my message. Um, so, so what happened is, um, from, from young, I was taught how to pray. Um, to go to the temple and pray to different gods. And, and, um, but I do not have a relationship with the gods I'm praying to. In fact, when I go to the temple, I don't even know who are, who, who are the gods, who they are. So I just pray and pray um, and, and ask for blessings and at times ask for uh, sanctification as well. But the thing is, um, and then it went on, but in my um, early 20s, uh, a couple of friends invite me to go to church. So I was reluctant, but I went anyway. So on my fourth visit, I was struggling like because I heard of uh, another God um, and who he is. So there's a conflict going on. Um, and what happened then, um, the pastor say, I remember he say, if you want to know who God is, come down to the altar. So I make the decision. I went down to the altar. Uh, in front of the altar, I just pour out my heart and say, um, God, if you are real, um, just show yourself to me. And Lord and behold, I started tearing. I just keep tearing and tearing uncontrollably. Um, and I even lift up my hand. My eyes was closed, but I was lifting up my hand and, and like worshiping God. And at that moment, because I worship so many other gods in my life, 
but no other God has made me feel this way. There was a special connection between me and God at that moment. And at that, at that, at that moment, straight away I say, this is the real God. I've, I've prayed to so many other gods in my life, but no other God has connected me like this. To, to put it in a very plain form, it's I've tasted many hamburgers in my life. This is the best. This is the best. There's just something about it that wants me to go back. It's like I'm interested in how that person put that burger together. I don't think he has trip on the ingredient. I think he used the A5 Wagyu beef. He used the best vegetables, just harvested from the garden. Nothing was, was, was um, spare. This is the real God. That's good. And, and, and your relationship with God, it has always meant to be a connection. It's always meant to be a relationship. When we talk about presence, what are we really talking about presence? Let's go to the next slide. Um, when Moses come to the uh, meeting, to the tent, like Andy was saying, which is a meeting place where they pray. They say, now therefore I pray you, if I found favor in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly, wow. that I may find favor in your sight. Mm. And Lord, do consider that this nation is your people, and the Lord say, my presence shall go with you, and I'll give you rest. So Moses prayed. He, he prayed that he will know God better. Yeah. Progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. Yeah, Recognizing and understand His way, His percepts. Just understanding God better. You think about it, when you, when you look into someone's face, presence is basically the face as well. So if you look at someone's face, like when I look at my wife, when I come home from work, she always has a smile in his face. Straight away, I associate that smile to her character. She's a joyful person. She's, she's um, very calm, contented in life. And, and that's how you relate to God as well. The more you know who he is, you know his character as well. If you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, you look at him, what do you think? Strong, that he's very persistent in his life. Yeah, keep pumping iron until he wins. You look at Mother Teresa. What do you uh, look at her face or the picture of her face? What What do you think? Compassion, yeah. loving. Yeah. You look at my face. You do not know me well. <laughs> you might just think, Have you been quarantined? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That That's okay because you do not know me well. So it comes to your mind. The first thing that comes to your mind, probably, is he safe? That's all. Right. <laughs> There's, one, there's more than 1.5 meters between us. That's okay. That's okay. Well, having said that, <laughs> let, let's go a bit deeper today. Let's go a bit deeper and, and explore about prayer. This is such a wonderful gift from God. Yeah. And, and how do we actually know His presence better? By praying, by really knowing Him well. Let's go to the next slide. Ready? So, I'll go into the Hebrew roots where prayer is basically tefillah. Right. Yeah? And it comes from the root word tefel. Now, in Hebrew, um, Hebrew is a very root oriented word. Uh, word. A word has uh, many nuances, and one of them is like, tefillah is tefel. Tefel means to connect, connection, or to plaster over. So, when you pray, you're actually connected to God. Yeah. 
the spirit is connected to him. Yeah. It's a gift that we are connected to him. And then if you look at the next slide, tefillah, the prayer, is actually a singular form. Tefillin is the plural. So if you look at an observant Jews, it's a soldier of a sorry, it's a Jewish soldier in here. You can see that he's wearing a small leather box on his head. And then he's wearing a small leather box on his left hand. Yeah? Uh, it, it's basically tefillin, that the English word is uh, phylacterines. It's come from the Greek word phylacterin. means it's a garden pose, safeguard, security, or amulet, wow. which, which means the things that are tied around. So go, let's go to the next slide. And, and let me break it down a bit for you. And in this um, phylacterine, there are two phylacterines. One is on the head and one is on the arm. The one on the head contains four passages. Two from the book of Deuteronomy, two from Exodus. And there's a patchment in each of the four sections on the head, on the head, uh, the boxes on the head. It contains all the four passages. And there's a common theme in there, which is in Exodus 13, 16, they say, and it shall be a reminder upon your hand and as frontlets between your eyes, for by a strong hand the Lord has brought us out of Egypt. The head tafilin, which is basically a reminder, like a frontlets between your eye. The hand tafilin is on the left hand because it's closest to your heart. So the Lord, because of his faithfulness, how he delivered the Egyptian, uh, sorry, the Israelites out of Egypt, and how he has provided for them in the wilderness, time and time and again, it served. So basically, it, it's asking them to remember him in their mind and in their heart. So that when you engage in prayer, you're remembering God in your mind, yeah. and you speak from your heart as well. Yeah. And that's what prayer is all about. That's great. It's really speak of the um, relationship that we have with God. Now, like I say prayer is a gift. It's to connect to Him. But prayer is also a work. What you get out of relationship is how much you put into it as well. Yeah. Yeah? Prayer is a work. It's an art. It's a lifelong practice. That's why in the Word of God, it says pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean that you keep praying, 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 and then boom, you walk in the lamppost. It's... In Greek, it actually means recurring. Prayer is a recurring thing. It's a recurring interval. You pray in the morning or in the evening and day by day. It's a recurring event. Now, and prayer is also a service of our minds, our hearts, and our entire beings to God. In Deuteronomy 11.13, it says that you shall serve your God. You shall serve Him with all your minds, with all your hearts and all your entire being. Now, is it a commandment in the Bible to pray? Has it been mentioned? I think no. If you look at the 630 commandments, pray is not a commandment. Yeah. But um, Maimonides, who is actually an 11th century prolific scholar, a rabbi, and he's considered by the Jews as one of the chief codifiers of the um, Jewish law and ethics. They call him the Great Eagle by the Jewish historian. He said that it's a positive commandment to pray to God. And to pray to God, it's to serve Him with all our minds, all our hearts, and with our all entire being. Yeah. 
That is a service you can do in prayer. That is fulfilling the commandment. When you pray, you have to engage your mind. You serve Him with your heart, yeah. and you serve Him with your entire being. Yeah. Okay, and and where I'm going from here is I'm going to talk about how then we can pray, how we can engage our mind, we can engage our heart, and we can engage our entire being, so that we can connect to Him intimately in prayer. Because to be honest, I find prayer very difficult. <laughs> I'm not sure about you. I do find prayer. I do struggle with prayer. Sometimes I pray and then my mind wander, and I don't. Okay, what should I pray today? What should I pray tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, struggle with consistency to be honest. But I, I think I've come to learn a lot as well right. as I prepare this message. Now, so if we think about service of our mind, let's look at the other meaning of the word tefillah. It comes from the verb palal, which means to judge. So when someone is praying or to pray, it's the word lahi palal. Meanings to judge oneself. So when and and I always like before I come to prayer, I stand before God and meditate for a while. I ask myself questions. I judge myself. Lord, I thank you. Who am I actually to to be able to stand before you, the God of all creation, and to actually ask you for requests? And if you are no fool, your heart will be filled with humility. Because you understand that we are fallen being, but God is such is such a gracious God. You think of His infinite, infinite goodness and mercy, of how He comes through for us every time or all the time. Whilst we are even faithless, He's faithful. You come to the meditate, that the place of meditating, and you start to even confess and repent. Uh, for and ask for restoration of sins that you know, and sometimes you know that we purposely sin against God. We do the things that we ought not to do, and we don't think do the things that we want to do. <laughs> so you come to a place where, oh, God, yeah, just meditate for a second before we pray. That humbles our heart to pray. So that's the mindset, just to meditate on the goodness of God, meditate on who we are before we even pray. That there was this story about um, um, Pastor Joseph Prince. If you know him, he's a preacher of grace. Yeah, so he he come across this um, guy from his congregation. He's a successful professional. Um, he made it in life basically, make lots of money, successful, has everything. And he talked to his pastor and said, Pastor, I, I know you talk a lot about grace. You know, you talk about God's grace. It's all about God's grace. It's all about God's grace. Where we are right now is because of God's grace. But to be honest, I put in a lot of effort in my work. I study a lot. I come to this place because I invested a lot of effort as well. I, I don't understand why you keep saying it's God's grace. So to answer him back, um, the pastor say, All right, um, I'll just pray that God takes. Uh, pray, make a prayer and, uh, for ask God to take away His grace from the life. So immediately he stood quiet and said, "Okay, no." <laughs> so we might think that we're making life because of our own effort, but if not for God, do you think we are where we are? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, and um, and then in prayer, this is one of the things which I struggle as well. I find that I allow my mind to wander. Do you find that when you pray, you can allow your mind to wander as well sometimes? Mm-hmm. And we speak the words, and sometimes our minds are somewhere else. Yeah. 
it's so hard to concentrate these days because we've got so many things, the media is bombarding us with so many things, we go through so many things. It's so difficult to pray sometimes, just to concentrate for the moment. But in 1 Peter 1.13, it says, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. In another version, it says, grip up the loins of your mind, tighten up your belt, bring up your garment, don't let it fall onto the ground. Do you know um, the word willow or roll on the ground? When animals roll freely in the mud, yeah, it's like you're thinking, if you let it roll freely and end up in the mud, it become muddled. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, the root word for Palestine, Israel's enemy, is to wallow. It's the same thing. Wow. If you allow your mind to wander, keep wandering, wander into the enemy's territory, that's how he held you captive. Mm-hmm. Even before you pray, you've been defeated. Yeah. If you keep your if you let your mind just wander, the battlefield is always in the mind. So, like what Peter say, get your mind for action when you pray. Get it ready. Get it ready. Think about it. If you go for an interview, would you not prepare the answers? If if you're going to make a presentation to the board of directors, would you not prepare? And likewise, if you go to God, would you not prepare your mind? It's the same. It's the same thinking. Right, and our mind is such a beautiful gift because we can also know him intellectually as well. Yeah, our mind was made to think, was made to analyze. We can know him intellectually. In Deuteronomy 6 4 5, which is one of my live verses, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, the only God. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, your heart, and with all your entire being, and with all your mind. And how do we love our God with our mind? I'm going to use the uh, Shema prayer as an illustration. And that's one of the things which I've been developing in the morning as well when I wake up. It's like, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. So Shema Israel Adonai Elohinu, Adonai Echad. I'm beginning to understand this first. What does it mean? Because you can use the scripture to help to support you in a prayer as well. If I break down this verse a bit, in the next slide, it says Shema. Shema in the Torah, when God says Shema, it means hear and obey. Yeah. There's no two words for hear. It's the same thing, hear and obey. It's the right. same thing, Shema. Right. And then we think about Israel. If you think about Israel, it's um, basically struggle with God, yeah? Because Jacob struggled with God, and he has prevailed. And God called him Israel. And Israel basically, a struggle with God in Hebrew is Sharita in Elohim. If you think about homophonic pronunciation of the sentence, that's where you get Israel. You have struggled with God, but he has prevailed. And Adonai, who's Adonai? comes from what Adu means master, owner, man. Is God is your master or man is your master? Have you given that ownership to someone else? Do you fear God more than man? Wow. Elohim comes from the word El, means the strong one. Elohim is plural. So you think of the word of Elohim itself, it's basically the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Echad means the oneness of God. 
it, it's made basically a fusion of diverse elements into a harmonious whole because God is the only one in the universe can make that can make all inharmonious adjustment um, into your life. He can make everything that is inharmonious and put it into one. He's the only one that has all the answer. So with that understanding, when I engage my intellectual mind, I craft my own prayer. I say, hear and obey, O Peter. Just a bit of personalization. You who have struggled with God in trusting Him completely, but yet He will make you a great, but yet He will make you great, son. He is your master, not man, not your boss, or anyone, not anything who will try to replace Him as your highest aspiration and affection. God is the only one who can help you to adjust to all inharmonious things under the sun and satisfy you completely. Right. That's awesome. So, I, so this is just the one way of engaging your mind in prayer, to experience Him in an intimate level. Pray the scripture, make it yours, craft it, try to understand the word behind it. Yeah. It will really help you to know God um, and experience His presence. Are we going good? Yeah. <laughs> Great. So with that, we know that we can serve in our mind. And then the other second thing that we can serve in is we can serve Him in our heart, with our heart. Yeah? Um, Trevi? Now, in 1 Samuel 1, 15-16, we know of this situation with Hannah. Yeah? So she was barren. And her husband basically has another wife, um, Paneha, which she has sons and have daughters. So Hannah was barren, no children, she got sons and daughters, so in a way she's superior, right? And the worst thing is when someone is superior, in a sense, and, and Paneha actually provoke her and make her angry. Every year in the temple, she will provoke her. Like, you know, I bear him children, you bear him none. I bear him children, you bear him none. That kind of thing to provoke you, to make you really angry. And, and I have to give it to Hannah. And Hannah, instead of things sour or, or take anger somewhere else, she went to the temple. She poured out her heart yeah. to God. Yeah. And she was praying quietly, her mouth speak. Uh, but the words that come out, it was a silent prayer. And Eli the priest thought that she was actually intoxicated she has been drinking and Hannah say oh no sir please I'm a woman hard use I haven't been drinking not a drop of wine or beer the only thing I've been is pour the only thing I've been pouring out is my heart she has poured her heart to God pouring it out to God don't for a minute think I'm a bad woman because I'm so desperately unhappy and in such pain that I've stayed here for so long because year after year, her answers, her prayer was not answered. Yeah. There was so much pain in her that she poured out her heart to God. Right. It's a service of her heart. And in the book of Joel, it says, Tear your heart, Israel, not your clothes. Return to the Lord your God. It's saying that if you, if you want to pour your heart out, don't do it just as an action. Tear open your heart, not your clothes, not your garments. So, God asks us, want us to pour our heart to Him. Yeah. He wants us to call, engage our mind and our, our emotions, our heart to Him. Mm. There was an interesting study 
in 2014 uh, at the Ohio University. So what happened was 29 volunteers had their wrists bent into a cast. One group of them were asked to, for five minutes in the day, meditate and think about your wrist healing, that it's actually working. The other half do nothing. At the end of the research, they found that the group that was asked to visualize healing, that the muscles are moving, the muscles, uh, their muscles are now twice as strong wow. as the other group. Wow. And what does that say as well? And it's basically a connection of our mind and our heart. Our heart is our muscle. Because yeah. what happens scientifically is when, when you're connecting, when you're focusing itself, it, it, um, it transmits a chemical called acetylchlorine. It, it's a neurotransmitter that stimulates your muscle to move just by thinking and focusing on it. And the more muscles you stimulate, the more it contract, the more it becomes stronger. And likewise, it's the same thing in prayer. When you focus your mind, you dwell on the character of God, you pray the scripture, the prayers become powerful. It's a connection between your mind and your heart. And lastly, if we look at um, the third factor, which is serve your God of our entire being. What does it mean by entire being? The other word for it is, is basically your soul, the all-encompassing soul. Now, if you think about it, um, back in the old days, there's, before the destruction of the first temple, there's animal sacrifice, right? So, people bring the animals to sacrifice on the altar, and then their carcass burn, and the aroma lift up to God, and then we say a word of prayer. Now, after the destruction of a temple, prayer has replaced the animal sacrifice. And what are we to sacrifice when we come to the altar of God? I think in, inside each of us, there's, there's an animalistic self, and there's also a spark of God, a godly self. So when our animalistic self and passion is completely self-focused, focused on what we want, what we need, it's always pursuing our own interests, our urges, but when you come to God, it's like sacrificing that urges and sacrificing it in prayer and acknowledging God that He is our master. Yeah. You're basically saying, God, we come here to pray, but on your terms, not my terms. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah? It's like in Proverbs, it says, a refining pot is for silver and a furnace for gold and a man according to his praise. So when you come to the altar, when you pray, you're actually sacrificing. Your impurities and your base matter are being sacrificed. Mm. And you connect to God, even if it's for that fleeting moment. Yeah, yeah. You're connecting with Him. Mm. You're offering Him a service. You're sacrificing your self-interest and you're meeting Him. Right. And, and that, that's, how, um, that's how I think we should pray to God. Mm. We're offering ourselves, yeah. our hearts, our minds and entire being to be in his presence yeah. it's like a relationship if you commit a, a, in a relationship you think of the person mm. you cherish the person in your thoughts yeah in your, you have them in your heart mm. and you, you just commit your whole entire being yeah. and what you get out of the relationship is how much you put in yeah. um, presence of God is not a mystical thing mm. it, it does require work 
there's a presence which is I think supernatural at times in worship or sometimes even if you look at the nature you can feel his presence but I think on a deeper level is a service of our heart our mind and our soul so with, with that just go to the next slide I, sorry Terry, to just go back to one slide before sorry Terry. next one the next one the next one Sorry, Trevi, you're going backwards. It's going forward. Yeah, our conclusion. Sorry, yeah. So, I've talked about how we engage in prayer. The optimum way is engagement of our minds, our hearts, and entire being. Right? If you like to go to the gym, there's a term for that. It's called a pump. It's when your mind and your muscle is engaged, you, you, you invest your whole being into it, and out of it, you really get a pump. That's called a term. But not, it doesn't happen every time. It's okay. Um, the default way is, I call it just pray. It's called persistent prayer. Yeah. Yeah, if you keep going, to, keep going to the gym, it's better than not to go at all. Right? So every time you go there, you'll be regular. One day, the effect is going to show. You're going to feel the effect. You're going to see the result. I think we have to be persistent. And the last I have is on John 15, 5 and 7. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you live in me, abide vitally, united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Yeah. I think this is the key verse. Mm. Sometimes we pray and we feel that our answers are not prayer. Is it because we have prayer amiss? Sometimes it's a matter of timing. Sometimes basically um, there's opposition in our prayer and we have to push through. But in this, if you're connected to the vine when you pray, there's a vital union. There's something going on. There's an exchange of your mind, your heart, and your soul. That's why when you abide in Jesus, His words remain in us and live in our heart, you know His will. And that's when you ask, when, when, you, when your request is made to Him, in such a context, it shall be done for you. Jesus is all about connecting to Him. Connecting Him into a deeper level. So with that, I conclude my message on uh, experiencing God, experiencing His presence. Uh, to sum it up, it's, it's basically prayer is such a gift for us to connect to Him. Our prayer is also work, it's an art. It requires effort on our part. And, and one of the ways is to engage our mind, our heart, and our entire being to to, to be fasted into the prayer, to experiencing Him. Because when we experience His presence, we know His character. When we know His character, we know the, the direction. He did say, I'm the God. I'm the God who will teach you the way that you should go. I'm the God who leads you how to profit. So when we know Him better, we'll know our life. We'll know where we should be heading in our life. Yeah. Yeah.